Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. Spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. So those are those three Greek words in this verse, uh, pneuma, psyche, and soma, spirit, soul, and body. And I just love that it talks about he wants to sanctify you through and through. He wants to make you whole in every way, through and through. And he is faithful. He will do it. I love that it's phrased that way. It's not, hey, you can do it. Sometimes we feel like we can't, but he will do it. He is faithful. So, like I said, the emotions are in the soul part of our being, but the parts influence each other in your day-to-day life. So here are a couple of examples. Body chemistry can affect your emotions. When you are out of whack, when you're a certain age growing up and hormones kick in, it affects how you feel. That's one example of, uh, of the body affecting the soul, right? Emotions affect eating habits. Have you ever noticed that? When you're really, really happy at a birthday party, you eat cake and ice cream. When you're really bummed out, you want some comfort food sometimes, you know? So emotions are actually affecting the body in that way. Um, spirit, your spirit can actually lead and channel your emotions into good and healthy behaviors. That's, that's something that we want to have, um, you know? And in different books and resources and, and churches that we're connected to and different things, you may have heard somebody pray along those lines. Let, you know, I pray that your spirit would lead your soul and body. And they're talking about those three parts, that the part of you that is connected to God's Holy Spirit would take charge and lead you in a good path. Yeah. So God wants to sanctify all three parts of us. He wants to give you love and receive love from you thoroughly. He wants you to be able to receive all the love that he has for you by bringing you to wholeness and all those three parts of you. And he wants you to be able to give love um, both to him and to others. And that works best when all the parts of us are working together in harmony. They may not be singing the exact same notes, but they can be in harmony and sound great, just like our worship team this morning. So one other verse in Matthew, um, Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he quotes Deuteronomy. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And again, it's just kind of this idea of love God with all of you. And that was what was really important to Jesus. So. All right. So yes, they, these emotions that we have are valuable. Um, at the same time, you know, we don't let them rule us. Um, they need to, you know, come under um, the lordship of Jesus and everything. And how many of you know, like, you know, if you're super tired, you don't want to give a whole lot of weight to the emotions you might be feeling when you're, you know, yes. not feeling well. So, you know, we have wisdom um, there. But at the same time, we don't want to let them rule us. At the other, On the other hand, we don't want to ignore them or shun them or think, that they're bad or they have no weight or no value or no place um, because God created them. He created our heart, and so it has it has value and it has a purpose. Um, so they're valuable because they indicate the condition of our heart. Um, and so if you think about a tree, um, the fruit growing on the tree might be um, our emotions, Okay, in this example, and so the the health of the fruit, the type of fruit, that's going to indicate um, how the tree is doing and the roots 
of that tree. So, um, and then lastly, um, once we know the condition of our heart, we can bring that to God for healing. We can honestly say, okay, God, this is where I'm at. Um, this is how I'm feeling. Um, would you heal me there? Okay, so for example, um, let's just take the emotion of anger. Um, let's say that somebody um, is is really angry and this person might like not really... Um, own that anger or realize they feel angry. They just feel angry, and so they're just kind of grumpy and mad and mean to everybody. Okay, or let's say this person is feeling angry, and, and they're like, okay, this emotion is valuable. It's connected to something deeper. It's indicating something about my heart. All right, God, I'm feeling, I'm feeling angry. Okay, well, um, why am I feeling angry? Oh, well, I feel afraid, or I'm feeling restrained or restricted, or um, things aren't going my way, so I feel out of control, and, and, and really that's the real issue. So you can bring that to God, open that to, part of your heart to God and say, oh, you know, God, I don't have control in this area, and that makes me feel, you know, uncomfortable, and so I respond with anger. Would you heal that part of my heart? Would you come into that place, minister to me there, and, and help me feel um, secure and loved there? And, and as a result, then, the anger, the emotion, can, can be healed and restored. Yeah, isn't that great? We're all a fruit-bearing tree, and our emotions are one of the ways that we see what kind of fruit we have, see the health or lack of health of, of our fruit, and we can go, that can point us back to what is at the root, what is really going on at a deeper level. It's a tool. Emotions can be a tool that God uses to help us experience, you know, deeper intimacy and honesty with him, a better, a deeper relationship with him and better connection with others. Yeah, so I just want to give you uh, an analogy that we like to share when we're doing healing and restoration teachings. Um, so we all have had difficult things happen in life, right? Uh, disappointments, people let us down, people you know, hurt us or, or they might have done nothing wrong, but we perceived, you know, that it was horrible and so we have this wound, okay? So picture you've got this wound um, on your arm and, um, and, and that's sensitive, it hurts. So we've got this bandage and we've kind of got it hidden and, um, and, and, and it, it's infected, it's kind of festering, so we really protect it. And now let's say I've got a couple of those and now I'm, I'm with a friend or I'm with my spouse, and he's bumping up near that spot where I was wounded. I'm so, and I'm, so then I react, and I'm like, ow, or, or, I, or I respond uh, intensely, and he's kind of like, whoa, okay. You know, well, probably I've got um, a very sensitive wound there. And so with healing and restoration, what we encourage people to do is, okay, let's acknowledge there's something there that's sensitive and let's allow God in peel back that bandage let him bring in his his healing his love his truth and he can restore um, anything there is nothing that he can't restore there's nothing that he can't heal the worst most terrible situation in anyone's life God can heal it he can turn it around he can make it good He's just so good at it. 
Um, he's so creative and, and he can do it. And so healing and restoration is all about, okay, God, I've got one here. <laughs> Let's take that bandage back, be honest with him. This is what happened. This is how I felt when that happened. Um, you know, forgiveness is a huge part, releasing forgiveness for the people who've wronged you. And, um, and yeah, so let him in to heal. Yeah, it's just so good to resolve that stuff, you know? Like if, in Marilee's example, if, if I have, like, a left arm unresolved emotions wound, right? It's like I could live all of life sitting on Marilee's left side so she'll never bump against it. You know, but what kind of life is that? That's one way to live. But I can, I always have to drive the car then. I can never take a nap in the car if I'm always sitting on her left, right? It's a limiting factor. If I'm going to protect and maintain and say, I'm not going to go there, I'm not willing to go there, I'm not going to resolve this thing because it seems too hard, it's actually really hard to live life only on Marilee's left. I don't even know what the other side of her face looks like. It's been so long. Isn't that sad? She's got a lovely face. I want to see both sides. So that's kind of what we're getting at, is that the emotions can point to that thing, and you can actually bring that to God. He can help you resolve it. He can heal that, and then you can live life free without and those And he's so gentle and kind and nice. It's amazing. <clears throat> She's so nervous, right, to, like, open that up. Mm-hmm. But he's amazing every time. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's keep plowing ahead. Okay. Oh, I know what. Let's do this next. That? Yeah. Okay, so this amazing verse. <coughs> I'm going to have to click through many I know, many but things. it's okay. okay. Just click through. Okay, we'll go back. Oh, oh it wasn't okay? that far. It was totally Okay, easy. so this amazing verse in Isaiah 61, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to ask you guys some questions. Okay, so this passage is the prophet Isaiah um, speaking, and it's a prophecy about Jesus. So... Um, so this is Jesus, actually Jesus speaking, in a sense. You know what I mean? When he stood in the temple, he quoted this verse yes. about himself. And he said, this is fulfilled in your hearing today. Okay. So thinking about emotions like discouragement, insecurity, shame, thinking about those types of emotions, I want you to listen to what is God's heart for people experiencing those emotions. How does he feel about people experiencing these kinds of emotions, okay? I'm going to ask you after we read it. So the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me, Jesus, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. That's That whole passage is talking about restoration, restoring, rebuilding anything that's been devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Even something in your life that's generational can be renewed. 
Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. There you go, Bonnie. Joy. <laughs> Got him. Oh, All God. right. Okay, guys. So what did you hear? What did you hear? What is God's heart um, towards someone experiencing, you know, discouragement or shame? He will comfort those who mourn. I heard that. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that was weird. I was like, bind up. Does that mean like tie them up or put them in shackles or something? But do do you know what it means? Do you want to say, Shannon? Uh, it, it's it's more like I think a gardening term. I've heard it was said. Like you actually like help the plant grow by like supporting it and help you know. So not like bind you up and put you in prison, but actually like care for you and nurture you. So that I was like, oh, that's a bad one. It's actually a great one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else did you guys hear? Yeah. Yeah. That one is the opposite of insecurity, right? Like. If you're insecure, you're not displaying, you're not this amazing right. oak of righteousness. Oak is like a symbol of strength, which is yeah. totally un, not insecure, but confident and strong. What else? It's good. Yeah. Double portion, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to just do the minimum for us. He, want, he wants a double portion for us. That's a good one. That's good. Everlasting joy. Yeah. Good one, Oh, he can make one. Uh, <laughs> He'll work on that right now. <laughs> Let me think. <laughs> yeah, so like hope. Not, oh, I, I hear you describing hope, like expecting. When you're rejoicing in the middle of trouble and yeah. you know it's going to yeah. happen good. Yeah. Yeah. Trusting in his goodness even in the darkness. Julie in the back. Julie? Yeah. Yeah. I might be able to. Like. <laughs> That's good. Amen. Really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, going back. Yeah, let's go back now. <clears throat> okay, so let's walk through um, someone first of all who is discouraged. Um, and, and this person decides, okay, I'm having this emotion, uh, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling down, and, I'm, and emotions are valuable, they indicate what's going on in my heart, so I'm going to look at this emotion, I'm not going to disre- disregard it, I'm going I'm to look at it and be honest about it. And side note, if you're not good at this, you can learn... That's important. If it's you can totally learn how to be aware of your emotions. And for honestly, for a lot of people, they do have to learn it because they didn't grow up being asked, "How are you feeling? What how do you feel about this?" or you know what I mean? It's and so 
you just never learn to give any thought or merit to, to how you're feeling. Yeah, it seems like if, if I'm trying to figure out how I feel, it's usually like angry, frustrated. That's about as deep as it. It's, it's harder for me to go, well, how does, you're feeling frustrated. How does that make you feel? What's the next level? What's the thing under the surface? So I'm one of the ones who's learning how to. Me too. I had totally had to learn up. this. Okay, but we can learn to be aware of how we're feeling. So someone's feeling sad, they're feeling down, they bring that to God, they're honest with him, and it might reveal and be connected to an ungodly belief, which is um, a term that we give to anything that we're believing that doesn't match what God believes. Okay, so it could be tied to this person is just feeling really alone, and they're just not feeling loved. And so that's why they're sad and down, okay? And they can bring that to God. He can heal that place in their heart. And then as a result of that, the truth that he speaks and brings, now they're feeling encouraged. They're feeling hopeful. Okay, well, let's take an example. All right. So we wrote these little hypothetical people stories to try to give you examples of the process on the slide up on the screen, which is recognize how you feel, what does that indicate in your heart at a deeper level? And then bring that to God. All right, this is what Healing and Restoration Ministry is. If this is getting you pumped up or you're curious for more, come Saturday to the workshop at the Nichols campus. But here we go. These names are fictional. Somebody in the room probably has a name. Sorry, Joe, we use Joe. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> this is really about Hypothetical. This is not made based on anyone here including us. Um, okay, so Joe is feeling frustrated at work. He's having a hard time getting it all done and getting it done right and getting it done on time. He works with other guys, but they don't seem to pull their weight or pull in the same direction most of the time. He's growing tired of fighting this fight every work week. So that's a little like made-up story. What feelings do you think hypothetical Joe might be feeling? Go ahead and shout them out. Whatever you... Say that again. Resentment, anger, others, what's that? Frustration, others, incompetent, like he's feeling like he is because he can't get it done. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Others, poor me, yeah, yeah, those are good. So then that's step one. We just figured out how hypothetical Joe is feeling. Those are really good, really perceptive um, feelings that we're coming up with. So let's take it to the heart. What kind of heart issue could be going on in Joe? There's no wrong answer. Go ahead and take a guess at what hypothetical Joe may have going on underneath his frustration. This may be a- easier after we do the first example. He may be afraid of what his boss would think of Yeah. Yeah, so that's starting to get from not just I'm frustrated that I'm not getting it done, but I'm worried about approval from my boss. I'm worried about disappointing him. It's important to me to, to please. Those are deeper heart issues. That's good. Other ideas? All right. Here's our idea. Let's go with it. So once we talked to hypothetical Joe and got down to the heart of the matter, we found that he actually feels like he's in it alone because the other guys aren't giving their all and aren't working together with him. And in retrospect, it feels similar to when Joe's dad left, 
their family when he was little and he had to do extra work around the house. And come to find out, his siblings kind of did their own thing and only did the minimum when they actually did engage with the work that he was taking on. And so it kind of harkens back to an experience with hypothetical Joe in the past. And a lot of times, if you take a feeling in a moment and you start to get to the heart issue, the deeper level, you'll find a connection to something that feels similar. That's come up before with people that I, you know, my siblings, my parents, or, or teenage years. It tends to be when we're young in our formative years a lot. All right, so then we're going to pray with Joe and bring it to God. So with a little encouragement, this is the prayer Joe prays. God, it's not fair, and I'm mad about doing more than my share while others just scrape by. Honesty. He's being honest. Yes. Hold down the red one. Um, I don't know why they would do, why they would do that, or why you would let them get away with it. I give you that anger and emotion fully. I'm fully honest with you about how I feel, and now in the midst of that honesty, I choose to forgive my siblings, my dad, and my coworkers. God, I see how I believed you didn't really care if you left me to that fate of working through it alone. I forgive you for that perceived wrong. Please forgive me for believing that about you and living my life believing that I'm in it all alone. Would you speak your truth to me about what it looks like to do life with you and with others? Good prayer, Joe. <laughs> he rocked it, right? <laughs> he was honest. He poured out his heart to God. He, he told him how he really felt. And in the midst of being connected to that true emotion, like, you know what? It sucked that Dad left. Sorry, that's a strong word. I shouldn't say that. But you know what? That was awful. That was I'm mad at you, Dad. That was horrible. How could you do that to us? Connecting with that emotion deeply and honestly is where the best, deepest, most freedom-giving forgiveness comes from. It doesn't come from, hey, I'm going to bottle that up and put it on the shelf, and I'm not going to really go there because that sounds painful. Then forgiveness is because I should. I know I should. I know I should forgive Dad, but I'm not actually connected to what he did to us. So I'm, I'm forgiving the notion of what Dad did, not how it actually made me feel. It might make three, three you know, grown men who had dads who left might have a different reaction to it, and they got to connect to that and forgive Dad in three different ways. So that's what the beauty of, is of going deep. Okay, so the result. After Joe prayed that, God spoke to him and, and, uh, and told him that, he, you know what, Joe, you're never alone. I'm with you always. I'll equip you with what you need to get it done. That includes the skill in you, but also others to help you. And after that, Joe feels encouraged and has renewed hope um, in the goodness of God and the goodness of God in others. He is seeing the good in others more than ever before, and he feels able to ask for help from others, which is a new thing for Joe, hypothetical Joe. So is that example helpful of what, what might happen? Um, if that sounds like, wow, I don't know if I could do something so deep or amazing on my own, that's why there's a healing restoration workshop. And that's why you practice. And it doesn't have to be deep or amazing the first time. It wasn't for us. You just kind of go for it. You do the best you can. And as you learn to go deeper, you learn to pray through it. You learn to hear God's voice. It gets better and better. All right. So, okay, now let's take somebody who's feeling um, insecure. Um, you know, they just feel like they're, they're lacking confidence in a lot of situations. Maybe they often feel vulnerable or sensitive when attention is on them or they have to kind of do something and people are watching. 
And, and so they recognize these feelings and they're like, all right, God, I'm going to bring these. These are valid emotions connected in indicating something about my heart. And you want me to be whole in every way that includes my soul. And so I bring this to you, God, and um, this is how I'm feeling. And maybe, you know, that person... Um, we're out of batteries. Maybe that person... <laughs> This is going to be weird. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> you can grab another one up to here. So maybe that person then uh, is tied to that they feel like they're a failure or that um, they just don't feel like anyone's behind them believing in them or something. That could be what it's tied to. Um, and they bring that to God. They're honest with him. And he speaks to that very go. place in their heart. And... Um, then that person, after that experience, starts to feel a little security or confidence. The microphone fell out in my shirt. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> and then Mark fishing the around in there. See, this is why you need friends. You want me to fish around in there? I'm feeling, you know, Marilee, I'm feeling a little insecure right now. <laughs> Would you walk me through some healing? All right, there we go. Back in place. Back in right. better than let's, ever. Let's um, do this. Can we do this fast? Yeah. You want me to read it? Yeah. I do. But okay. Just, so this time it's Susie. Faster. This time it's Susie. Susie wants to be on the worship team at church. Hypothetical Susie. But she's also deathly afraid of being on stage. The thought of joining the team makes her feel nervous, intimidated, and overwhelmed. She even thinks God is calling her to go for it, but doesn't know how she would overcome this fear. So Anyone what are, relate to insecurity ever? Raise yeah. your hand. No, I'm just... <laughs> so how, how might Susie be feeling? Susie, as she's thinking about the idea of volunteering to join the worship team. Go ahead, shout out your thoughts. How she... Scared. Insecure. All right, yes. Nervous, vulnerable, Nervous. intimidated. Or some sensitive. of the other ones. A little mm -hmm. sensitive about that. All right, so what kind of heart issues could be driving these feelings of insecurity for her? It's hypothetical. You can't get it wrong. Take a shot. Anyone? Never being good enough. Yeah, so she'd be afraid if I join the worship team, I'm going to sing on a sour note here and there, and it's not going to be good enough. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And that could be tied to other embarrassing moments. You know, a significant embarrassing moment from the past. What we put down on. Yeah, so after talking to hypothetical Susie. All right. Yeah, we talked to hypothetical <laughs> Susie, and she said, you know what, this feels a lot like that time in middle school when I got up to share something in front of the class, and all the kids laughed and felt horrible, and I don't want to risk that kind of hurt again. So, Marilee prayed with Susie, and I helped. It was great. So here's what Susie might pray. Uh, God, I hear you calling me to join the worship team, and that totally freaks me out. I feel like I'm going to mess up and everyone's going to laugh at me. That's just too big a risk to take. In middle school, it really hurt when the whole class laughed. I felt so embarrassed and alone in that moment, and it's hard to forgive them for making me feel so horrible. But God, I choose to forgive my class for that deep hurt, and I see how I thought you stood back and let it happen. I forgive you for that perceived wrong. Please forgive me for believing this about you and living my life, avoiding the risk of ridicule. Would you set me free to try new things and take the risk? 
Right? So Susie was honest with her emotions. She went deep and was honest with God. She recognized an ungodly belief that she thought God stood back and let that happen to her. That's not true, but it's how it was her a perceived wrong. So um, God doesn't do wrong, but sometimes we we put on him that, why would you let that happen? And so we need to forgive him in a sense, not because he was actually wrong, but because he felt that. We're holding something against him. And then we can break that ungodly belief and say, God, I wasn't believing the truth about you. Forgive me for living that way. And it's amazing to do that. All right, so the result. God speaks to Susie, to her heart, about how he loves to see her perform, not because he loves a good show or a perfect show, but because he delights in his precious daughter. And that makes her feel valuable, loved, and confident in who she is as a daughter of God. Her faith and trust, um, she puts her faith and trust in what he says about her. And da-da-da, she joins the worship team. Sour notes and all, and it goes great. Like <laughs> Poor Susie. <laughs> She's just up there singing sour notes with all her heart. <laughs> oh dear. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, all right. Um, so hopefully you guys are starting to feel <laughs> encouraged to just just acknowledge your emotions when you have them. Um, it's really great when we do this because we can communicate to our families and you know we're talking about being honest with God but let's say you know I have a hard day and I'm just feeling down and discouraged it's going to be a lot more healthy for our family if I'm aware of that emotion and I'm like you know what Bill I'm just having a bad day I'm sorry I I you know I I just don't have a lot of extra right now can you know I just need a little space or you know what I mean or you know that's a whole lot better than just being grumpy and, and mean to everybody um, so it's just really good to be aware of, of how you're doing so you can um, be honest with the people around you. I don't think we have That's very true. Um, but Lightning just... round? We had one more. Okay, example. so if somebody... Yeah, but just do like maybe a brief. And not All right, yeah. Okay, so let's say somebody's feeling ashamed and they realize that, you know, they just have this... Um, they just kind of want to hide, and they and they uh -oh. feel um, embarrassed, and um, and that could be tied to, you know, they just feel like they're a mistake, or maybe they feel like they're too big of a sinner. Um, they just keep making mistakes. They ask for forgiveness, and they sin again, and so they're just feeling all this shame, and they they decide, okay, rather than hiding, rather than running from God, I'm going to bring that to God. And then he just pours out his truth and love on that person and, and shows them how they're redeemed and forgiven, like Luke was talking about um, during worship. The, my computer went to sleep, guys. It's not you. <laughs> we didn't have any more slides anyway. So. Okay. I don't want them yeah, to... so then that person um, just gets security in that they're a child of God. You want to do a All right. quick? Both. It was a double example. We're going for it. This is a double bonus lightning round. Are you ready? It's going to be super exciting. We've got some siblings here. Hypothetical Jacob and Julie. Oh, is it Julie? Hypothetical Julie. Hypothetical Jacob and Julie were siblings that grew up in a home with a very critical father. 
He pushed them hard and always expected more than they could deliver in sports, chores, and school. Dad was always lecturing them about how to do things the right way and pointing out where they felt short. All right? We want to do siblings because we want to show two reactions to the same situation. All right, Jacob. Now he's married with kids, doesn't really try his best at anything. He does the minimum and lives a pretty average life. His wife and kids feel like he's not completely there and doesn't really invest his heart into their lives. Jacob feels, I won't quiz you on this one, he feels annoyed that his wife is always on his case, but deep down he just wants her to make the decisions and run the house because he's afraid to fail. He feels pressure to be perfect, but knows that's not attainable. All right, so those feelings, which are kind of maybe not deep and they're guyish, it's like frustration, annoyance, whatever, but what it really ends up pointing to in his heart is that deep down he feels flawed and like he can never do things right, so I won't really try. Right? <clears throat> I couldn't please dad. I can't please my wife. I can't do enough for my kids. I can't at work. I'm not even going to try. All right, so he brings it to God. God, I'm really mad that this world seems so unfair, that there are ex expectations on me that are impossible to meet. It feels like that's the case with my wife, my kids, definitely with my dad, and even with you. I can never do enough, so I must not be good enough. I feel trapped. You know what? To be honest, I'm furious with my dad for putting that on me when I was just a kid. I choose to be honest with you about that, God, and I choose to forgive my dad for how he treated me. God, forgive me for believing that you are the same way. Would you reveal to me what you're really like and how you want me to approach life? So God speaks to him that he's loved and valuable before he even lifts his hand to a task. God doesn't require him to do X, Y, Z to earn his love. He already has the love and approval of his father, God. Jacob now feels willing to go for it in his relationships with his wife and kids. They feel like he's present and engaged, and they love it. So does he. Happy ending. All right. How about Julie? Hypothetical. Julie is also married with kids, and you know what? She excels at everything. Everyone looks at her as the example of success at life. She has all her ducks in a row. Um, but Julie feels tired, incapable of slowing down to relax. She feels a constant pressure to have everything just right and to please everyone. She's trying to keep up the production, right? Yeah. So in Julie's heart, what she internalized from her experience growing up with that same dad is, I'm not lovable unless I'm perfect. Um, so when she brings it to God, it might sound something like this. God, I'm tired from holding it all together and trying to be perfect all the time, but that's the only way I know how to do life. Doing everything just right was the only way I got um, the love I wanted from my dad, so I've done life that way with everyone, even with you. It really hurts that my dad only showed me love when I was perfect. I choose to forgive him for that. Forgive me for believing you were like that too, God. Would you show me a different way to live in love? And God speaks to her. Isn't that great? God speaks to every one of these hypothetical folks. And he will speak to every one of you. I'm confident of that because God is good. God speaks to her that he delights over her as she plays like a little girl. He doesn't need anything from her before he will love her. She is already loved and accepted before she does a thing. She feels light and free and an overwhelming sense of God's love for her like never before. Life feels easier now as she does not feel like she's always on and having to hold it all together. Her friends and family say she seems so peaceful and happy. All right. Hooray for Julie. So in closing, <laughs> hopefully you guys... <laughs> are encouraged to um, just value your emotions, value the emotions of the people around you, and um, see them as indicators of what's going on in your heart. Be willing to bring the condition of your heart to God. 
for honesty and, and for healing. Julie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean, these hypothetical examples are very fast. They worked out perfect. <laughs> And lickety But it is a process, and a lot of times he'll give you a measure of, of truth, and you feel some freedom, and then you keep walking it out, and he gives you more and more healing and more truth. So it can be over a span of years. Um, you can have a one one prayer and one you know very life changing um, healing time as well. Richard. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. God has a way of doing that. He takes the things that we think are the ugliest or least valuable about us or the place where we've made our biggest failure, and he turns it into our greatest strength. That is definitely true. We see that a lot when we pray with people. Um, it's, it can be most effective when it's an issue that we've walked through ourselves. Yeah. It's very similar. He's so amazing at healing us, like I was saying. He can heal us and align our scars so that it just creates the most beautiful masterpiece and nothing like ugly, you know. Bonnie? That's awesome. That Using terrific. other people, you know, yeah. God provides other people to offer us that that support and and fellowship. Lou, and then we'll close. Right, right. Yeah, it's definitely our. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. Sometimes it's hardest to see what's going on in our own heart, but that close friend or spouse is the one who can help us go from the things we felt, you know, the this level to get to that deeper level. Like, hey. That really sounds, you know, the, the wife says to the husband, hey, that really sounds a lot like what you experienced when you were 12, you know, remember that? And you're like, oh my gosh, I never realized that. And it's that iron sharpening iron kind of thing going on, which is really, really good. All right, everybody, okay. this was fun. Thanks for all the interaction. Let's stand up and close in prayer together. You want to pray or you want me to? I will. Okay. It was just a pleasure to be with you this morning. Sorry that we ran a little bit over, but there's delicious snacks out there when we finish up to make up for that.
<laughs> and coffee to boot. All right, God, we thank you so much that you are a good God.